0: Hey, my name is Phil and this is my wife Meredith and we are the pastors here at Cornerstone Church. We're so glad that you have connected with us here today and that you're getting ready to listen to a message that we know is going to build a resilient faith in your life. Right now in this moment and in our days ahead, let's continue declaring Jesus over every situation. Enjoy the message. All right, let's get into it. You can turn in your Bibles to John 3 or slide or flip or scroll. However, you get to the book of John, chapter 3, you can turn yourself there. And I want to tell you a little bit of a story first. Really, it's not a story, it's so much, it's something that I really enjoy in life. So there's this thing that people really like to do when they're getting to know couples especially, is they like to say, oh, tell me like how you guys met each other, and tell me, you know, and it's really great to hear people's connection stories. You learn a lot about people by learning the way that they met and they came together, and those are fun, but you know what stories I really love to get from people? I really love people's breakup stories. Like not, you know, like not like the bad, like obviously not the traumatic, horrible ones, but I'm talking about like a good, messy breakup story. They were, okay, I heard this one the other day and they're trickier to get to because you can't just come out and say to people like, tell me your messiest breakup story right that's not like a common get to know you question but I heard this story the other day and this girl was talking about her messiest breakup story and when she was in college she was dating this guy and a group of friends went on a trip to another state together and she decided while they were in the middle of that trip was the time to break up with her boyfriend awkward right out of state with four more days left on the trip and now she has to endure all that this is messy and i find great humor in it right like it's funny when you go like wow how did we get in these messy bizarre weird situations and you have to like kind of dig for them a little bit and there is this theme of messy breakup stories that are unique to millennials which are my absolute Favorite, And I want you to know, if you have a breakup story in this genre of breakup story, I will roast you for the rest of your life. I know. Now, I need to prepare you. Gen X, you might be familiar with this, especially if you're like a younger Xer. Boomers and builders, I need to prepare you that you are, you don't even know you're getting ready to be shocked that this has even gone on because it's so ridiculous, but millennials, there are some millennials who have broken up with someone via a text message. You guys, a text message? You dated some joker for five months and then sent a text that said, it's not me, it's you. Sorry about it. This is, now... Now, before I continue with my millennials, I do need to come over here and talk to my Zers for a second. Okay, you guys. Now, Zers, first of all, I adore you. I want you to know that. Okay, I want you to know that Zers are out there like kicking tail every, you guys are also. Have you guys been paying attention to what the Zers are? They are like starting businesses and creating inventions. They already have more in savings than the millennials and the Xers like basically combined. They are just like stashing it up. They are getting ready to absolutely take over. All of the generational studies say that Zers are probably getting ready to just jump right over millennials in the workforce and move straight into like leadership positions. If you are still getting used to a millennial being your boss, you better buckle up because I'm telling you, a zeer is coming your way. They are absolute, you guys are absolutely crushing it. And I love it. I am like here for it. I'm like, come on with it, Gen Z but you do have this one thing that I just need to let you know about. I need to let you know what people are saying about you when you're not in the room, okay? This ghosting thing that you guys are doing is not acceptable. It has to stop. Let me explain to you what it is if you don't know what that term means. It means that there is a large enough group of zeers. I won't say that all of you are doing it, but enough of your people are doing it that it has become a thing that people say that all of you are doing right now you guys should get a group huddle as Millennials we had to get together and we had to talk to all of the Millennials that were still living in their parents basement and say guys eventually you have to move out you can't live here forever and eventually we got most of them to move out on their own Ziers this is your moment you need to meet with the ghosting Ziers and tell them you have to move on from the ghosting this is what happens is all of a the sudden they just stop messaging someone back no further communication, no further discussion. They just don't show up for jobs sometimes, just don't text somebody back. Just, they call it ghosting, you know, because a ghost, like, it just disappears. It's like the conversation just disappears. This is what's happening out there, and I'm telling you, you have to get it under control, right? But back to the text messaging breakup. The text messaging breakup, what happens is they send this text message to basically say, the relationship is over now. The relationship is done. And okay, so this is what's wrong with this. There are just some things that don't happen through digital communication, right? There are just some conversations that you can't text in. Can you tell somebody close to you, you can't text this one in? You just can't send someone a text message. There are certain things that have to happen in Person, There are certain things that have to happen face to face. There are certain moments in your life that are big enough, that are dignified enough, that require somebody to show up to the moment and to come to it. There are certain things that eventually you have to go to the source and say, I have to come all the way to the source of this, to the center of this, to sit down and discuss what's really what. Some things matter enough that we can't just stay on the edge of it we have to come all the way in and in John 3 we find the story of somebody who said I can't keep looking on the edge of this I can't keep circling the side of this I can't keep sending in information and receiving it's time for me to go all the way to the source It's the story of a man named Nicodemus. In in John 3 and chapter 1, yeah, John 3, verse 1, sorry, it says, And now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And this man came to Jesus by night, and he said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And that last line, Nicodemus is so close, right? He says, unless God is with him, he's caught on to the fact that there's something. But can you imagine if Nicodemus would have realized it wasn't just that God was with him, it's that he was sitting there talking face to face with God himself, that Nicodemus took himself all the way but what's going on here what's going on is that Nicodemus is what's called a Pharisee it means he's part of this religious sect this group of of people who follow Judaism but they don't just follow the law I mean they are the strict of the strict they have taken the rules and then they have added rules to their rules to make sure that everyone knows that they are the holiest around he is regarded as the type of person that people aspire to someday be he is regarded as someone who sits down and studies and knows the ways of God and the things of God and he has been sitting back and he has been studying but something keeps irritating him or stirring him about this Jesus when he hears the stories of Jesus and when he sees the things that Jesus is doing and when he talks to people who have been around Jesus there's something happening that he can't quite get a place for and he doesn't quite know what to do with it and he's not quite sure where to place all of it and so finally Nicodemus comes to a place where he says enough is enough I can't send this one in and It's time for me to get all the way to the source and find out what's going on with this Jesus. And it says that he goes in the middle of the night. Why does the the author include, why does John tell us that Nicodemus went to Jesus in the middle of the night? there's two theories that are really the leading theories among scholars. One is that because Nicodemus was a Pharisee, all of the other Pharisees weren't really very happy about everything that Jesus was doing. Jesus was pulling people away from their influence. Jesus was drawing people in a different direction. Jesus was threatening their place of power and their place of influence within their community. But there was something in Nicodemus that kept drawing him to Jesus, even though he was part of the Pharisees. So many people, People think that Nicodemus potentially went to Jesus in the middle of the night for fear that he didn't really want all of his friends to know that he was going to talk to Jesus he was kind of going to Jesus to talk to him incognito and he was afraid and he wanted to do it hidden and he wanted to do it in a way that everybody didn't really have to know about it but he still wanted to get all the way to the source of the thing and here's the thing is that what I love about Nicodemus is that even though he wasn't sure that everyone that he rolled with was going to be down with him going and talking to Jesus, he still found a way to go and talk to Jesus he still found a way to go and search out the hidden things he still found a way to go and to sit at a table and to discuss and to go straight to the source of this man named jesus who was performing miracles and who was teaching in a way that no one had ever heard before nicodemus said i have to find a way to get to him or the other thought of why it is that Nicodemus went to Jesus in the middle of the night is that the Pharisees were known to be people who sat up late into the middle of the night they sat up late into the wee hours discussing and debating their pastime was pulling out a portion of Scripture and debating and discussing this portion of Scripture with one another and saying what does it really mean and how should we really uphold it and what is the thing that Moses was teaching us when he laid out and this is what they would do late until the wee hours of the night is sit and debate and discuss and there are those who think that Nicodemus was sitting at one of these debates and one of these great discussions with all of his other Pharisees and scholars of the law and as they debated well who is this Jesus that everyone is talking about who is this Jesus that is performing miracles that finally something stirred in Nicodemus enough that he said I'm not I'm done sitting here at the table away from where he is discussing who he is. I'm just, it's time for me to go straight to Jesus and find out. I want to go sit with him and I want to go talk with him and I want to ask him the hard questions about who it is that he is and where it is that his power comes from and what it is that Jesus is doing, walking around and healing and talking and, and who is this new teacher on the block? And Nicodemus finally came to a point where he said, I'm done Googling the thing and I'm done reading extra commentaries on it. And I'm done hearing what you have to say, but at some point I have to sit down by myself face to face with Jesus. And so many of us love to study who Jesus is. And we've read books about who he is and we've Googled all of the different ways that people have studied him over the years and all of the different ways that people have served him and have loved him, but have you ever sat down with him? Have you ever looked face to face in his eyes? Have you ever gone to the source? Have you ever gone straight to Jesus and said, I have some questions about the things that I've seen about you and I have some questions about the things that I've heard about you? Perhaps it's time to stop doing this thing from afar and it's time to just go all the way to Jesus. And Nicodemus takes himself all the way to Jesus, whatever reason or why, how he got there or what it was that took him in the middle of the night straight to the source to talk to Jesus. He got to Jesus and he asked him the question and then Jesus answers him. We're going into verse three now. It says, Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of god why is jesus always saying weird stuff that no one understands right because nicodemus answers him and he said nicodemus said to him how can a man be born again when he is old can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born again nicodemus has a very reasonable response because jesus likes to say these things that you're like jesus what does that mean Everybody knows you can't. My, I have, we have little boys, right? And my two-year-old knows that you cannot be born again. That you cannot enter again. This my boys, they because they've learned a little bit about like oh babies grow in mommy's tummies and that's where babies come from. And so my two-year-old and my three-year-old especially, they have this game that they like to play that they think is so hilarious. Which is they love to come up and try and like climb inside my sweatshirt and then say, "I'm back in mommy's tummy," and then they throw their heads back and they go like, "Ha ha ha ha!" Right? Why is it funny to them? <laughs> I know some of you are like, it's not Mother's Day today. That's next week. But it's funny to them because they know that it's ridiculous. They know at two and at three years old that that's not something that happens. That that is a one-way track that babies come out of one time. And all the birth mothers said, bless the Lord. Hallelujah right and so Jesus says this thing to Nicodemus he says that you have to be born again and so Nicodemus says back to him how can I be born again how can I who am old go back into my mother's womb and Jesus is trying to give him a picture of something brand new that he's doing because the word again that he uses there is the same word that can be translated as from above that you have to be born from above to enter into the kingdom that you have to be born from a heavenly place to enter into the kingdom of god jesus is trying to say to him you have to be born again as in you have to be born afresh as in you have to be born of something new as in you have to be born from heaven as in the thing that you're currently living in and the way that you're currently existing is not the only way of living and of existing that there is there's something more to all of this that I'm trying to get over to you, Nicodemus. There's something bigger to what I'm talking to you about that I'm trying to get into you, Nicodemus. Nicodemus, there's something more than everything that you've known, and Jesus continues. He really breaks it down for him. He says again, he says, truly, truly, I say to you that unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you that you must be born again. For the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. But what do we know about Nicodemus? We know about Nicodemus that he has built his life on the works of his flesh jesus is saying to him it's not the things that you can touch it's not the things that you can do it's not the things of the, this this moment and this thing that you can touch and feel in your body these are not the things that make you but nicodemus has built his entire life on the things that he does all of his status All of his understanding all of his relationship with God is built around the things that he wears and the things that he eats and the people he sits with and the places he goes and what he's allowed to do and what he's not allowed to do all of it has to do with what's on the outside of him everything that Nicodemus has built his foundation on has to do with the rules that he follows and that he doesn't follow and he has gotten really good at it good enough at it that they let him in to the the high-level holiness club of the people who follow all of the best rules and all of the strict rules and Jesus is coming to absolutely rock his world and he's saying to Nicodemus it's not the flesh It's not the things that you do. It's not the people that you hang out with. It's not where you came from. It's not what you eat. It's what happens on the inside of you. It's what happens on the inside when something, there are two real uh, things that Nicodemus thinks are the things that allow him to come into the kingdom of God. When Jesus starts talking to him about you have to be born again to enter into the kingdom, he is speaking directly to Nicodemus who has grown up in a Jewish culture that teaches him that because he was born Jewish, he has entry into the kingdom of heaven. Jews of the time would have believed that it is the fact that they were born of the Jewish people that gave them entry into the things of God and the promises of God and the holiness of God and basically they just had to not mess it up that you could work your way bad enough that you opted out of it, but essentially because you were born into it, you had the right to be into the kingdom of God. And Jesus is saying to him, hey, that birth, that original birth that you came through is actually not the thing that qualifies you to come into the kingdom of God. There is another thing that I need you to go through. I don't care who you came from, and I don't care who brought you here, and I don't care who you hang out with, and I don't care what you think it is about your lineage that qualifies you or disqualifies you for the things of God and the places of God and the people of God. Jesus is saying to him, it's not your birth. It's not your birth lineage that qualifies you. It's this new birth that I wanna take you through. It's this new spirit that I wanna put on the inside of you. There's another heavenly birth that I wanna take you through that comes to you and says, it's not that thing. That thing I'm laying down and I'm picking up something new instead when you come through this one there's a whole nother change that's coming to you and the other thing that Nicodemus thought was was the thing that qualified him was the laws or the rules that he followed he thought it was the things that he did that made him worthy to enter into the kingdom of heaven he thought it was the regulations that he had, he thought it was the way that he spoke, he thought it was the way that he carried himself, that it was his stature in the community, his respectability inside of the community that was the thing that qualified him to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And I know most of us aren't really like following the Mosaic law, but we have the exact same thought patterns. We think that it is the things that I do Or the way that I live my life, that are the things that make me qualified to enter into the kingdom of God. We say things like, well, they're a really good person. So I'm sure, I'm sure that they're okay. they're really nice so phil had this experience over the weekend he was at um at a coffee place and he was just sitting there reading kind of enjoying some time but he was sitting kind of at the bar and so he got to watch everyone coming up and there was this lady who came up and she was furious about her coffee order it apparently was not exactly the way that she had intended for it to be, and she was ready and eager to let the barista know about how her order was not exactly how it was supposed to be. And as Phil was recounting the story to me, he said, she even said to the barista, I mean, it's just coffee. Her, her meaning to the girl, I, I assume, you should be able to figure this out, it's just coffee. The irony of that is that I wished that I had the ability to say back to her, I mean, it's just coffee right like calm down and she's just absolutely losing it and I'm sure she had other stressors going on in her life and you know let's give her some grace but she could have held it together a little bit more but this is the thing is we watch somebody like that and we say well I don't treat my barista like that so I must be a good person so I must be welcome into the kingdom of God because I'm always super kind to my barista and I always ask them how their day is going I even leave a tip for my barista. I must be ready to enter into the kingdom of God because it must be the things that I do that qualify me for relationship with God. It must be the the way that I act. It must be the way that I behave. It must be the things that I engage in and the people that I reach out to and the people that I speak with. And our paradigm is a little bit different because the Pharisees thought that it was the people that they didn't associate with that made them so holy. We've had kind of a paradigm shift, but we go and we offer to Jesus, Jesus, look at all of the humble and the lowly that I have spent my week with this week. Look at how I have fed the poor. Will you enter me into the kingdom of God? Look how I have shown up and volunteered at these different places. Look how I have given to all of the charities. Look how I spend extra hours in the church and extra hours in my community. And look how I have sat and read to children who are who are needing someone to walk with them in this trouble. And look at all that I I am such a good person, Jesus. Won't you notice all of the works that I do of my hand, of my flesh, of my outside? The works of the here. And Jesus is saying, I'm telling you the same thing I. Nicodemus doesn't have anything to do with the works that you do it doesn't have anything to do with all of the things that you go after the thing that I'm talking about is not fixing your behavior I hope you turn into a good person but the thing I'm talking about is changing you from the inside out the thing I'm talking to you about is regenerating who you are It's creating a new you that has been born from heaven I'm talking about the inside part of you saying I've had an encounter with Jesus and it has absolutely changed my life I'm talking about you saying it's not because I show up or don't show up on Sundays it's because he breathed on the inside of me I'm talking about you saying it's not because I volunteer or don't volunteer it's because he has formed me something new on the inside of me I'm talking about us saying it's not all of these things that I do and all of these ways that I prove to you that I'm qualified or that I've made it or that you should welcome me into heaven God it's because I've looked I've sat down I said I have to go straight to the source and I came straight to the source and said I'm done asking other people about you and I'm done searching in books about you and Jesus i just want to look on you for myself and when i looked on him for myself he said there's something brand new that i want to put on the inside of you and it changed me it changed me from the inside out and nicodemus is having this moment where he's sitting with jesus and jesus is saying to him it's not any of the things that you thought it was it's not your intellect It's not your responsibility in your community. It's not the things that you've studied. It's not the places that you've gone to. It's not the places that you've kept yourself from. It's what can only happen through Jesus. He says, I went straight to the source of this thing. And when he went straight to the source, he learned something that he had never learned Before he learned to go face to face with Jesus. And when he looked in his eyes, he found something that he had never found before. And I'm telling you, if you've been looking and you've been searching, there is something about Jesus looking back at you that will change you from the inside out. I'm telling you that it is time to go straight to the source of who he is. And I'm almost done. Someone can join me on keys. Because too many of us have been searching around. Too many of us keep going to all kinds of different places, trying to find out about Jesus. We keep trying to text this thing in. Like maybe if I just send some information here, or maybe if I just read this book about him, or maybe if I just Google this thing, and I love study. But the study should take us to a place that leads us directly to Jesus. And for somebody here today, listening in this room, you're saying this is my moment to come straight home to Jesus. I'm done sending this thing in. I'm done shipping it in. I'm done texting it in. There is something about this moment that is so important that I need to come all the way to Jesus. If you're in the room and you can, I would love for you to stand with me right where you are. We're gonna stand in this holy moment as some people make a decision to come home to Jesus. We're gonna pray together praying and believing that something sacred is happening. Something sacred is happening online right now. Something sacred is happening in the room right now, which is that people who have been circling the edge, looking from the outside, hearing stories of who he is, hearing tales of who Jesus is, they've heard the stories of what he can do, but today they said, today is my day to come all the way home. I'm getting ready to pray a prayer. What we're gonna do is I'm gonna say some words and then everyone is gonna repeat after me. We're gonna do it all together. The reason we do that is not because the words are magical or even because the words have special power. It's because when you hear yourself say something, it directs the direction of your life. And I want us to do it all together because when you come home to Jesus, you come home to him and you come home to his family. And all of us need some people to walk alongside of us and to stand alongside of us and to say, it's going to be okay. I know you don't understand it all, but it's going to be okay. All right, are you guys ready to pray this prayer together? Let's pray it with strength because it's somebody's first time. And somebody needs to hear it. Somebody needs to feel it this time because they've been circling the edge for too long and it's their moment to come straight to Jesus. We say, Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name and we thank you that you see us and that you know us and that you love us. We ask you today I ask you today to come into my life to change me from the inside. Jesus, I give you my life. And I say that today I'm letting go of a life led by me and I'm taking hold of a life led by you. I thank you for it, Jesus. In your mighty name. Amen.